From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody, this is Sandra Beck and my wonderful co-host from New York, Linda Franklin, and we had the pleasure of hanging out with each other for a whole week last week, and now I'm back in Los Angeles, and we're going to invite on our very, very good friend, our psychic, our intuitive, our very lovely Lori Johnson, and we're going to talk about what the new year 2020 will bring, what has happened in the old year of 2019, and what we can do to kind of ride along and navigate the changes. What do you say, Linda? Are you up for a show today? I definitely am. And I know 2020 is going to be a big year. Um, and every year, it's supposed to maybe get a little bit easier. But I think 2019 was a real challenge. So I'm hoping that 2020 kind of eases off a little bit. But from the things I've been reading from Lori, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. <laughs> Well, and Lori yeah, makes this great. Yeah. Sorry, Lori. She makes this great newsletter. And, and Lori, I want people to log on to your website while they're listening. Where should they go? It's www.lauriejohnsonpsychic.com. The first name is L A U R I E. Perfect. All right. So, and go ahead and sign up for her newsletter. It's super cool, and you'll be glad you did. So, Lori, what do you say about Linda's, you know, 2019? Is 2020 going to get easier? Is it going to be harder? What's going on? Um, it's going to be really hard for some people and a breath of fresh air from others. Um, we had really hard 2017, 2018, 2019 for a variety of reasons, but they've all been leading up to 2020. A lot of astrologers think that um, this is the year 2020 is going to be a year of disaster but it's only seen as disaster if you have to face something that you're unaware of. So when we talk about the Piscean Age, the last 2,000 years, men in charge, those lessons and that being done, and the Aquarian Age that started in 2012, we're talking about everything that we're moving into, all of the ideas and concepts and how we feel and how we grow and evolve are different in the Aquarian Age, but it's almost like we start a new decade next year. So that becomes like the big change year for us, even though we've been having these incremental and really hard changes that have been put on us, but it's a, it's a difference of concept. Baseline, the main planets that have really influenced us in our development have been in an earth sign, which means they've been really grounded and they've dealt with things that have to do with money. And all of them move into air signs next year, which means now it is about the concepts of the Aquarian age, which is equality and freedom and different concepts of how we perceive money and wealth and um, technology, uh, different ways that we look at economy. And when that stuff is there, when that stuff comes, when the majority of people are not expecting it, it seems like disaster because then it gives everybody a different way of looking at everything. And if there's fear on who they are, where they are right now, there's going to be a lot of fear going on for next year. 
Wow. Okay. Well, that's something to, <laughs> to look forward to. Um, I just think you're pretty amazing, Lori, because I remember five or six years ago when you were on the show and you were talking about the change from the Pisces to the Aquarian and that the Pisces ruled by men was going to have some very uh, real changes. And my God, look what's happened in the last you know, two, two and a half years with Me Too and women stepping up and being counted. And it's like, it's happened like lightning so fast. Yeah, that's the thing. We're in accelerated time. Um, it's like the planet and humanity is saying we can't wait anymore for everybody to get on the same page. So we're pushing and pushing and pushing. Because if you think about how we have progressed in things like even theoretic equality as in people of color and white people, it's theoretic because we've been living in it, but it hasn't actually happened. Now we're in a time where it's just a door. You're in a door or you're out a door. It's black and white. It's really clear. There's no time for messing around. And anybody who's sticking in that old way of thinking, which isn't about we are all human beings and we are all equal, they're going to have a bad time. And I'm sorry to be rude, but for the rest of their lives starting next year. Well, and I'd like to ask you, where does ego fit into this? Because, you know, I see people bouncing off the walls because, you know, their ego is so inflated. And it seems like a lot of this stuff either does one of two things. It either knocks the ego out of you and you're like, okay, I'm just going to roll and, you know, deal and drill. Or they become even more deeply entrenched in their in their ways. Yeah, that's completely based on fear. Um, people who, the ego is obviously, that is uh, how we identify ourselves in the outward way. If we are not sure who we are because the world underneath of us, underneath us is changing, as in Piscean age, Aquarian age concepts, and we don't know that, then we hold on to things as in I'm more important because fear says that if I am not more important, then I don't know what I'm going to do with myself or I don't know who I am unless I'm in charge of things. That's why men are having such a really hard time right now, generally, because for 2,000 years they did not have to be emotionally mature. They're required to be emotionally mature now. They're required to be equal. And there's a great saying that people in privilege believe that equality is oppression. So you get a lot of people who have been in privilege, the male population, and not all of them. This is a generalization for concept of Piscean age. And that when they have to force face that everything is now equal, everything, everybody, it's not just about sexes, it's about um, people of different backgrounds, it's anything that is considered different if we're all equal, and there's been one group that's been in charge, they're fighting it, and their egos do come in in that this is how I protect myself, this is how I um, live with the fear by pretending that it's not there and that I'm more important. And yeah, you're right, the way that these lessons are, you either get that enlightenment that your ego becomes less and you become more egoless as saints do or holy people do. When you get more in tune with things, you become more egoless or you get more drawn down into it and you can't get out of it. That's the problem for next year. There are a lot of people who are not going to be able to get out of it because their fear is so great and they really don't want to accept that everything is equal now. So does that go with women with strong male energy too? Well, it's women who um, like the idea of somebody taking care of them or like the concepts of how we've been living in the um, Piscean age. But basically, it's kind of divided more into uh, young souls and older souls and then the wisdom souls. Usually, we have about a 40-40 
80-20 split, 40 young souls coming on to learn, 40% that are the middle souls that are in the progress of uh, graduating something, and then 20% of the wisdom souls that are here to teach. Right now, we've got 60% young souls. So you get people that are the young souls that um, have not had the experience, and they're faced with this huge transition that's been going on since before we even hit 2012 when, you know, everything changed. And they don't know what to do, so they stick with what they know. So you have women sticking to the Piscean Age and liking that there's a daddy voice in the White House and that the majority of things that are problems around the world are because there is one person who is standing in, I'm in power over everybody else. And the majority of women are not standing in that, but there are a lot of women who still do that, and mostly they're going to be younger souls who just don't know how to adapt to this without somebody telling them what to do. Do you have any kind of a feeling of uh, politically what's going to happen in 2020? I mean, are, are, have we learned our lessons? It's really been a very tough four years for a lot of people for many different reasons, but does it still have to go on longer because not enough people have mm, kind of faced their own fears um, and, and kind and, just focus more on the big daddy kind of idol. Well, the way that 2020 works is that it, it's probably one of the most planetarily active years for things that shove us in directions that we need to go in, in our evolution and in clarity. So around politics, I do feel that um, Trump has been the great negative lesson. Any leader that is like Trump has been a great negative lesson for their people. Um, and I can't say 100%, but my feel is because of all the changes that are going to be happening next year, that it is like shaking free everything of that old mindset. Um, I do think that the majority of people are going to be in an awakening state um, and I don't think that we're going to have to put up with another four years of this kind of, I don't know, ego mismanagement. Torture. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we've also got, this is like a weird thing. Do you guys know about the Tecumseh curse? No. No. Okay. Um, this is a curse for presidents of the United States that are elected in a 20-year, anything divisible by 20. Um, that there will be an assassination or a death. And if you look at every president we've had so far elected in a 20 divisible year, every single one has either died in office or been assassinated or in some way removed. Um, the last one or the one that didn't really work was Reagan, but there was an assassination attempt. So we're coming into this 20 year. So it's kind of a, a weird thing that if we get somebody who's really cool in there, I don't know if that breaks the curse or if that means that whoever is elected is just not going to live through the first year. But that's something to consider because people are going, oh, poo-poo on that. It's just a myth. But it's kind of been an accurate myth so far. Well, right. I knew it as, like when you said Tucumcis cursed, I'm thinking, I've never heard of that. But I knew it as the curse of Tippy Canoe. Yeah. And that's the, you know, the death, you know, and it goes back to like when William Henry Harrison, if I remember my history correctly, yep. who was elected in 1840, all the way through like John F. Kennedy, 1960, Ronald Reagan, 1980, you know, George Bush um, yep. survived, you know, in 2000, despite an assassination attempt. So, you know, yeah. it's, a, you know, 200 years or something like that, kind of compelling. 
you know, I'll give, yeah. it, a, I'll give it a whirl. So the, that's kind of like the backup plan that if um, something happens that is against everything that I see happening and we do get Trump for another four years, we're not getting Trump for another four years. He won't survive. And, you know, from just what has happened with his health that is being hidden over this last week, it's very possible he may not survive because he just physically doesn't survive or something else happens within the first year. But the way that I'm seeing that is whoever is going to be the vice president, I just don't see Pence in office at all. That's like completely white. It isn't happening. So that means to me, if I'm looking at from a backward and, and moving it forward, that there's going to be a Democrat and whoever is there had better get a really good vice president just as a backup. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I kind of agree with Pence. I mean, not for any kind of mystic reason, but just because of Nikki Haley has been out, you know, with her book and praising the president for everything he did, like she's really gunning for the slot. Well, okay. She'd be better at it than um, Pence, but still, no. at least she's got some smarts, you know? Well, I think it's one of those things, you know, where it's so excited. Um, it's so exciting for us to think about, you know, the new year and lots of changes. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about this year. Like, what what happened this year in terms of energetics, in terms of, you know, kind of where our planet is going? Um, this is kind of um, this year and last year have been kind of prep years for what's coming in. So a lot of people have felt very confused this year, but not in a way that it was really, really uncomfortable or that they were running into a wall all the time. And this is a way of kind of like preparing us, like uh, shaking it loose a little bit more so that when change does come in a really big way, we can be more adaptable. Um, one of the big things that's been going on this year has been how we perceive money or wealth. Um, the whole thing with the Aquarian age is that wealth and money finances are going to be realized that they are just energy that flows. They're not something that you hold on to and hoard. So the concept of money this year has been very, very different in that you have the same income every month and you have the same bills to pay every month and it doesn't seem like it's enough. Not because there's an emergency coming up, but it just doesn't seem like it's enough because we're getting into that attitude of being able to perceive money in a different way. If you don't put energy, positive energy or wealth energy into how you're thinking about things, then money right now is trying to shake that up so that we can look at it from a different perspective. And the way the economy has been going, it's the back and forth and back and forth because of where the planets have been, because of where our evolution is and because of where you know all the leaders are, that um, it's, it's going to shift. How we are looking at it is going to shift, but it's been weird and easy now. It's going to get really hard next year. But also, this is a year between certain retrogrades. Retrograde, you know, when planets go seem to go backwards to us, then however they normally affect us then seems to go also backwards. Like a Mercury retrograde is about communication, so communication is terrible. But last year, we had three Mercury retrogrades and Mars and Venus, which had to do with the identity of men and the identity of women. This year, we didn't have that. So this is kind of like a, um, a catch-up year so that after last year getting pummeled with who are you as a man, who are you as a woman, what does that identity mean now? This year, we kind of are able to assimilate that. But next year, it's going to come in even stronger. Um, all the retrogrades are going to be hitting us like sledgehammers to the head. 
this is a transition year um, and it has been challenging, but it's like if you're clear on who you are and you're clear on what you're doing, what your purpose is, where you're going, how you are participating in the world, the difficulty is more about the people that are around you, not about you. If you're not clear on any of this stuff, this year has been like thumping you in the head every single day so that you can get it, which means a lot of people just shut down or they just get angry and they stand in ego. You know, I think this is a really good time for us to take a quick commercial break and talk about our sponsor for today. Our sponsor is Bad Batch, and it's a really cool special interest um, kind of entertainment podcast series that's produced by the people who brought you Dr. Death. And that's uh, Wondery's Dr. Death. You might have heard about it. The 33 patients in Texas who underwent surgery and had their lives forever changed by this incompetent doctor. And this podcast is, is interesting. It's fascinating. It's entertaining. And it's relevant because every day in the United States, hundreds and thousands of people have to make decisions about their health, you know, treating diseases, managing pain, and it can be scary and life changing. And the podcast explores what happens if you're offered a supposed miracle cure and you end up worse than before. And that's where host and reporter Laura Beal broke that story open. And now she's reporting on the, um, you know, the, the autoimmune stem cell um, procedures and therapies that, that are out there. And this is a great story of where greed and desperation collide in an industry that claims to treat pain and autoimmune and, and infections and even things like autism. So it's not only a really cool listen, like a creepy, spooky shadow nose for, you know, the 2019 year, but it's also a cautionary tale. And you can subscribe to Bad Batch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to now. There's also a link below in the episode notes. So wherever you picked up this podcast today, you can find in the episode notes a link to Bad Batch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It's a really, really fun listen. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to get hooked in, sucked in. It's so great. It's like somebody telling you a grown-up bedtime story, only I think you'll have to sleep with the light on. So we're talking today with Lori Johnson, our, our resident psychic and friend, and we talked a lot about the changes in 2019 and what we're experiencing and what we may experience up in 2020. So my question to you, Lori, is what um, you know, what can we do with all this stuff? You know, we talk about the rocket and rolling changes of the Piscean age and, you know, this thing and that thing, but what are we supposed to do with all this? Um, part one is move forward without fear. Next year can be really fearful because there's so much change that we can't move around. Um, and fear is the mind killer, according to Frank Herbert in Dune. And if you do not face it or allow it to wash over you, it then consumes you. And next year, it's like uh, the biggest let go, let God, goddess, creator year that we've ever had, where it is trust that everything is going to be fine, even if you have no idea how that's going to happen. That lesson has been hitting us over and over and over again every year, um, because we are all fine. You know, it might not go the way we want it to go, but that's an ego thing, and you are going to be taught a lesson one way or another, whether you fight it. 
or not. So this is the first thing is to stand in without fear. Do it with no fear, but I like not using negative. So it's like, look at this year without fear and whatever is coming. Look at however changes happen individually in your life and on the global scale or even in your neighborhood that these are changes for the good of all. That's the thing. It seems scary because we're facing things that we don't understand and we don't know, but that's the point. And however you perceive deity or higher source or whatever, it is let go and let that happen. And the other part of next year is to really focus on self and not in a selfish way, but in a self-awareness or a self-enlightenment way, because we're going to have one thing after another of our own personal karma be brought forward. We've got six eclipses next year instead of four. And that usually brings like forced clarity. So instead of having clarity forced on you, get your own clarity. And it doesn't matter whether you meditate or you, you know, sing or dance or drum or however it is that you get. Who are you? Why are you here? That's really important. And it's not the surface of I'm here to make money to make sure my family is okay. Who are you as a human being? Not as a person, not as a woman, not as a man, not as mankind, but who are you as a human being? better angels type stuff. We focus on that and we kind of become part of the solution to everything that's going on. Lori, you're talking, this is for every individual on the planet. Um, this is a cautionary tale of, of what we have to do to get to a next level in 2020. But what about the actual planet? Because I mean, 2019 and even before 2019, the planet is in upheaval with the floods and the tornadoes and the fires and the earthquakes and the volcano eruptions. I mean, is 2020 going to exacerbate all of those things as well? Uh, yes, but that's just a natural change that we're going through. Um, if we look at it, the planet might be seeming into distress, but the planet is in distress only in the way our civilization is affected by it because she's gone through changes like this before. When we had the eclipse, in 2017, in August of 2017, when the sun came up behind, out from behind the moon, there was an energy shift that happened where the earth, as in a consciousness, had felt or said that I have given humankind all of this time to change their ways to make it easier, and I won't have to then take care of what I need to take care of, and we didn't get the memo, mm -hmm. or we didn't act on the memo. So at that time, uh, basically, I felt that she said, okay, guys, you're on your own. And so these are lessons also because we're not getting it unless somebody smacks us. The earth is smacking us. So that's not going to slow down, and it can be exacerbated in 2020, not because it's going to be so much worse, but because our reactions and our control of it and thinking that it should not be happening is so much worse. Our civilization is in peril, not that it will be because we all survive this. We really do. But the earth is not. The earth is taking care of what she needs to take care of for herself. So we talk about climate change. That's basically for us, for human beings. It's not for the earth. She's fine. She will survive us no matter what. But she also doesn't want us to go anywhere because she'd be lonely without us here. Yeah. Not all of us are idiots. <laughs> no, not all of us are. How... How do you, like, that brings, begs the question, like, how do you deal with the people who are not maybe aware, awakened, enlightened, you know, in the layman's term, an idiot? Like, you know, 
<laughs> you just go into this place of peace and knowing that they're exactly where they should be for their own development or like, what do you do? Yeah, that's pretty much it. The way that a Piscean age leader worked was there was usually predominantly my 99% a man who would tell you what to do, the father voice. The way Aquarian energy and Aquarian leaders work is the person who is very clear on who they are, which means that the uh, energy that they emanate is very clear. It's very calming. Um, and those people will draw people to them because of their light, because of their clarity and their sureness of themselves, not an ego, but just on what they know and teach through observation and absorption. People coming will observe and absorb what that person says by that person living their life in their best way. So this is where the energy stuff takes over. So these people who are here that are the younger souls and that are really lost and really having a hard time, you can't kind of tell them, do it this way, do it that way, because they're so afraid right now, anything that is outside of what they already know is going to scare the crap out of them and they won't make any move at all. So this is the more people and forming like the grid or the net or the connection of one soul to another that has this deep understanding of self and the purpose of where we are and what we're doing and the higher knowledge of all the stuff that's going on. And they don't have to know everything, just know self. And it brings an energy that connects to another energy that connects to another energy. And that becomes stronger than the fear. So people who do not know any of this stuff, and most people on the planet don't know this stuff. They don't think about it. It's not the way our system is geared that you have to think about metaphysical things or what's going on with the planets. We don't go there. But that doesn't mean that that still does not have an effect, that that kind of energetic force of positive or sureness of self or belief that everything is going to be okay does not then leak over to people who do not know the difference and who are lost. And they might not be finding themselves in this lifetime, but they can find peace in the journey more than they have right now. Now you said, you know, the planet is inhabited by a lot of, of new souls. Um, I thought a lot of the, you know, the children now that are, are coming onto this planet were even more, you know, more gifted, you know, the indigo children or whatever, or whatever terminology that you give them, that they came with a, a better understanding of why they were here. Oh, yes. But the people who are in charge at this moment are predominantly 60% young souls. Okay. Well, so, yeah, the Aquarian age kids, there, were, there are three layers of Aquarian age kids that came in. Um, we kind of started in the 60s when um, kids were coming in, and this was more like the beginning of when you got autism or a way of forcing people to look at a different way of communicating by the kids not communicating. So getting an autistic child um, who did not communicate in a normal way changed how everybody looked at things. The parents had to find a different way to communicate, which made the doctors, which made the government have to fund that. So it changed how we, and that was like shaking things up, so how we can per perceive communication. When we got into 1989, when we had the harmonic convergence, then there was a whole group of kids that were born that were going to reach maturity when the 2012 energy hit. And they're the ones who are the precursors that are like the bridge between the Piscean age and the Aquarian age. They're still born in the Piscean age. They still have those concepts, but they're learning. And as they are learning, they are teaching everybody else. And then you get these kids that you're talking about, the 2012 kids that not necessarily have to born from 2012 on, but anything past 1989. And these are the kids that are the Aquarian age. They're the indigo that do not get along with the school system because the school system is very Piscean and they're teaching in lines and squares. And these kids are listening to things like, oh, I can see the color of sound. 
um, these are becoming the majority, but at the moment, the people who are in charge are still part of that, not everybody's 60%, but that kind of percentage of the 60, 40, 20. We're getting back into it, so pretty pretty soon we're going to have more than uh, 20%, like maybe 30 or 40% of the people who are really in tune, who are the masters who are here to teach, but that hasn't turned over yet. And those those people probably don't even want to even attempt to run the, run the government or the country because it's so scary. And look at who's running now. I mean, most of them are in their 70s. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> On their way out, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, you know, when you when you talk about some of these things, because, you know, we're all so different. But I think, you know, when I look at all the kids of my kids' generations, you know, and the different health challenges they're they're born with, or or you know what they acquire as they go along, and when you talk about that, you know, different way to communicate, and you look at the evolution of the internet and how you know each one of the social medias is is designed to you know, entertain, educate, whatever, you know, the people who listen, the people who read, the people who look at pictures, the people who like video, the people who like sound, you know, it's all fragmenting into, you know, some of these things, you know, different ways for us to learn to communicate. Well, the really cool thing that I look at all this electronic stuff, not only is it Aquarian age, because Aquarius is the sign in air. So it's like traveling and communication through the airwaves, the double lines that are part of the sign, symbol of the um, the sign are mm-hmm. not about water, even though the symbol is the water bearer. It's an air sign. So this is like communication through the airwaves. Um, but oh, how I lost my train of thought. Damn it. Oh, okay. we're just talking about the different ways people learn on the internet. Oh, yeah. So when you get into the Aquarian age, the whole thing is that all of this electronic stuff getting us through the airways is preparing us. And this is like taking a big leap, but this is where we're headed in the Aquarian age in these next 2000 years. We are all psychic. I don't care if you're a young soul and you've never experienced that before. We are all psychic beings. This is just a version of communication that has been put in a box while the left hemisphere has been dominant. But all of the technology um, like being able to a cell phone and communicate with anybody anywhere in the world if you know how to reach them, if you know what their number is and their phone is on, and who turns their phones off these days. But the idea is that this is preparing us for being able to communicate without the use of technology. It's not going to happen in the next 10 years or 50 years, but that's one of the things that will be happening over the span of the next 2,000 years. So this is the prep work for that. But it also puts kids, yes, in a completely different way of communicating Um, which, you know, in many cases is incredibly rude, um, but it's still like going into self and discovering things before being able to take that out into the rest of the world, which is, you know, how we usually do things that you get who you are and then you want to have somebody else, you want to share that with somebody else. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because when you, you know, when I try to explain to people how, how cellular data works, how Wi-Fi works and, you know, you know, you, you go back to like, you know, Gene Roddenberry and beam me up, Scotty. And I know, I think of that all the time. Yeah, but I mean, it was, he was the precursor for some of this stuff. So let's talk about that concept of everybody has different, you know, psychic gifts or everybody. Let, let's talk about that for a second, because there's a lot of people who really believe they don't. Well, they've been taught not to. Um not just by when you're born, nobody talks about it, but, you know, it's still predominant feeling in this country, at least, that if you're a psychic, then you're a charlatan and you're made fun of 
And this isn't something that can be a gift because unfortunately there are a lot of people who claim to be psychic that should just be shot because of the way that they're lying. Um, but then, you know, I have strong opinions. But everybody has this. Really? If I would never know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're never taught to be able to use it, then you shut it down. And because Piscean Age, with it is all about religion, because all, almost all organized religions began with the Piscean Age, because that was a way for us to know creator or higher source in a very organized way to give us a path there. We don't need the organized religions the way they have been in control for so long. You still need them for gathering and for being able to be in, in connection with other people and be able to worship or adore or connect, but not in the same structure of um, power over that they were in. So with the religion and the idea that if you're psychic, that you know that's part of the devil's work, not being a predominance anymore, although it's still there in a lot of organized religions, then you're able to then reach into the right hemisphere, which is all the spirituality that we have, the creativity that we have. And everything in the Aquarian age is not about we're going to like zip over to that side, like the pendulum swings from one side to the other. It's the first time in a 26,000 year journey for human beings that we're going into the equality of it. So when you have the equality that the logic of what we've learned is not overtaking your sense of um, metaphysics or your spiritual self or your creative self, then that becomes the marriage of the two and being able to accept this and use this and trust your intuition. Because people then label it, it's kind of like, I'm not psychic, I can just feel this. My mother, who would just, you know, poo-poo everything that I was doing here, would used to say, yeah, I'm not psychic, it's just I can tell if people are lying. <laughs> what do you think that is? Yeah. You're being able to perceive things that are not direct communication through words. Right. And, and the, the word I always use is, is I, I may not, you know, have these great psychic powers, but I have a good, I have common sense and common sense usually leads me in the right direction, but it's the same thing. Yeah, it is the same thing. And it's a matter of, it's just not fashionable or acceptable on a general scale to develop that. But I have a lot of clients who have children that are having a problem with being in this very lines and squares boxy world that's black and white. You learn it this way or you fail. You don't learn it my way, then you must have a problem. That kind of energy going on here. And yet they, it's been very difficult to have the parents deal with these children. And many of them are taken out of the school system and put into either homeschool or an alternative school because the kids can't deal with that because they don't think in those ways. They think in you know, I can deal with my creativity and my logic at the same time. And that's, and if people were able to or allowed to teach their kids how psychic they are and how to use that, they would know how to protect themselves from the negative energy coming at them from everybody who are not necessarily attacking them, but are just spewing it forward. Right. And they would be able to know how to assimilate information in a different way. But we don't teach it yet and probably it's going to be quite a while before that becomes as if acceptable but the way things are going you know social norms are being smacked out of the way left and right well that's, that's right. one of the things that i like you know because the word psychic has such a you know it's, it's such a hot button word for a lot of people but yet they can say things like you know intuition they can say oh my gut instinct you know my gut yeah. tells me this you know there's all sorts of words that describe that non-verbal 
uh, exchange of information between people. And it's always funny to me that people are so rigid in their definition of things, but like your mom, you know, it's like, well, she just has a, you know, her intuition or her gut instinct or Linda calls it, what did you call it? Your common sense. sense, Yeah. Yeah. It may not be common to, you know, anyone else, but it's, it's definitely, I'm going to call it your uncommon sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's very hard once you develop a higher level of consciousness to live in a, in a, such a linear world, because the thinking is just in such a tight little box that you just, you know, you, you, it's almost like you want to withdraw and just be with your, yourself or with a group of people who you can um, just exist with because the rest of the world, they're off in some other, other planet that, that you don't want to be part of. Yeah. And because, you know, anything that has been psychic, which I will tell you in the original books of the Bible before they were edited during the councils of Nicaea, that um, divination, psychic energy, all of that stuff was listed there. So that's part of the original text, but it was taken out because then it, people couldn't be led in a direction or controlled in a direction that certain people said, this is how God talks to you. Um, but that was there. Divination was originally in the Bible. However, this is something that people assume that if you are psychic, then you're faking it because, yeah, that word means something. And, you know, you're a fortune teller or you're there just for money. When I first started this, there was a general opinion that if you have this gift and you ask for money, then you're a charlatan, which is like, okay, I've got a gift and I'm offering it to you. What's the difference in any other gift that anybody else has? I've studied what I'm doing. I didn't study medicine, but if I did, then you would expect to get paid for the knowledge that somebody has. But that's how, you know, much it had been poo-pooed that if you accept money for it then you're the one who's the bad guy that's well that's putting you put it in a box this old-fashioned thinking that it doesn't work anymore and don't you think with all the fear that's being generated by everything now that people are looking to other ways just to get some relief yeah but that's the thing next year is a very mystical year it might not seem like it because it's going to be kind of weird but it's a very mystical year so being able to find that inner voice to listen to it, to trust it. That's where a lot of energy is going to be focused next year on an individual basis. And the, the hard thing is to trust it. And I would say anybody who wants to develop their intuition or call it psychic powers or whatever, that the first thing that you do is you trust your gut instinct. You trust your uncommon sense 100%. It doesn't mean you have to act on it. It means trust that the information is coming to you as in, You wake up in the morning, your intuition says, don't go into work today. And you're going, that's really a great idea, but I got to make money. So you're going to go into work. But what that intuition did was tell you that there is something you need to pay attention to. that's out of the ordinary that might cause a problem. Yeah. That's where the logical sense comes in about marrying it with the information that you get. Because it isn't going to be one or the other. It's all about the balance and being able to use all your skills, even your metaphysical, your psychic, your intuition skills, to be able to use all of them for your good and for the good of everything else on the planet, including animals and insects and fish, whatever. It's about all life on the planet. We're not that special. Do the, are the, the animals, are they transitioning as well? Or are they, or do, do you see a change in the way they're, you know, existing or do they have psychic powers that we're not even aware of? Well, they're just naturally in touch with things. Um, that we, you know, we 
look at how animals behave based on how we would behave. And so we put human attributes onto, or I would say mankind attributes onto animals. And the way that animals are is that they're already in tune. So their transition, yes, they're getting a transition also because everything is leveling up. Okay, we can't avoid that. That's just where we're going. If you want to avoid it, get off the planet because there's no way to stay here and to avoid it. People but are animals doing that are too, right? Pardon me. That's and people are doing that too. They're leaving the planet because it's too hard to deal with. Yes, they are. And I'm sorry to say that's not a bad thing. If they can't handle it and they clog up the works for everybody, including the planet, to be able to move forward, then yeah, recycle somewhere else or come back when you know more. Yeah, well, that's something that you said on a, on a previous show years and years and years ago, too, that, you know, when you transition, um, you know, how you leave is um, kind of important because you're not going to be able to come back until you really uh, sharpen your skills because yeah. the, the world of the, the, is going to be a very different place and you can't come back. Um, I don't know, the word ignorant comes to mind. You, you know, you've got to be more aware uh, of yourself and how you're going to interact or, or you don't get the privilege of coming back. Yeah. It's all about vibration. When you're on a low vibration, it is a very much about ego and it is about fear. That's a much lower vibration than enlightenment, self-awareness or aware that we are all connected. Sorry, somebody's trying to call through. We're not answering that. Um, when you have that low vibration going on and you leave the planet, when this year, this life has given everybody the opportunity to step up, and you don't want to do that, then your vibration hasn't shifted. And even though you're on the other side, you still have to assimilate what you did in this lifetime. And you can't just jump from like kindergarten to college without doing the work in between. So if you have the opportunity to go to college while you're here in this lifetime and you refuse it and you leave this life in kindergarten, your vibration is still low. You're going to have to go somewhere else to learn things to raise that vibration before you're allowed back here. And people think, you know, this is a horrible planet and this is really hard. It's a hard life. People have made it a hard life. This is an incredibly desirable planet to reincarnate into. Just because it's a very sensual planet, our five senses are just so alive here, but our emotions are alive here. This is an incredibly blessed planet that a lot of people want to, a lot of souls want to reincarnate at. But the planet says, okay, yeah, you got to be this tall before you're allowed in. Yeah. Well, and Lori, just to wrap up today's show, what's your best advice for all of us as we go into 2020? I would say, yes, it comes down to, yes, um, letting go of the fear. There's a, um, a thing about Eckhart Tolle with the power of now that he says, if you're in any kind of fear or any kind of anxiety, think about, is that anxiety in this moment? Is there anything that you can do in this moment to fix that? And most people have anxiety about what they need to do in the future. So it's not about that moment. So at this time, going into 2020, you live in the moment, you live in acceptance, you live without fear, and you live in trust that um, if you do what is in your heart, not about greed, not about anything else, but in your, the truth of your heart, then the growth for next year is going to be incredibly exponential. It's going to be tremendous. The problem is for people who are afraid and stuck. So breathe and do what you need to do in order to get clear on who you are and give yourself a break. It's going to be hard, but only if you make it hard for yourself. 
Well, that's it. Linda Franklin, you got anything else for our listeners oh, I, today? I think, I think Lori made it very, very clear. Uh, we all have some work to do. We, you know, and staying out of fear uh, is definitely work, but uh, the reward is certainly worth a thousand times what, what you have to put into it because fear, fear is such a low vibration and it just, it just kills everything. It does. Yeah. It does. All right. Well, thanks, ladies, for being here today. We'll be back again next week with another great episode of Powered Up Talk Radio. And uh, have a good one. Make it count. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 